This, this is the Miller Lite Cowboys Out, supported by Albertsons and Omni Hotels and Resorts. Brought to you by Miller Lite, the only beer of the Cowboys. Albertsons and Tom Thumb, the official supermarket and pharmacy of the Dallas Cowboys. And by Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Now, your hosts, Taylor Stern and Brad Sham. Most unusual way we've ever done it, but uh, everything about 2020 is unusual from uh, social distancing to the song lyrics that Taylor Stern doesn't think I know, but we will get into later because she apparently thinks I'm nearly dead. Uh, that we have we have a cast of thousands coming by. Uh, we wish we could be somewhere where all of you could join us, as has been our custom. That's not what 2020 is all about. But we are delighted to have you on the Dallas Cowboys Radio Network. Uh, we're delighted to have you streaming on DallasCowboys.com. And there was no one else I wanted for the first guest uh, this year than uh, number 98, Tyrone Crawford, uh, because you're you are like a warrior. You are you to me. You uh, are emblematic of everything that that you want a, a professional football player person to be. So thanks for taking the time. Well, I really appreciate it, and uh, thank you guys for giving me this time. And you already know, uh, you, you guys are my people, so I'm there whenever. You know, uh, Tyrone, you were on the first show in the 2018 season, and they ended up going to the playoffs. So if you're on the first show this year, that must mean we're going to the playoffs this year. Yeah, I mean further you know we just gotta we gotta we gotta do it uh the whole shebang yeah. yes the whole shebang that's the idea but uh, tyrone's on the show because of the respect that i have for him so we'll let taylor and then you talk about where you've how you've handled uh the pandemic you've been in the mountains with your parents right yes i left pretty much immediately i guess to denver and I thought the world was ending, and so I was like, you know what? What better place to be than Denver, Colorado? I was there for two and a half months, made some glorious TikToks, did all of that, and now I'm back. Okay, now you're back. Were you in Canada for a while, T? Uh, you know what? If I went to Canada, they oh, you would You couldn't come back. Yeah, no, you couldn't yeah. come back. No. So um, we stayed here. Um, you know, luckily, uh, the house that I built. Out of the lake, um, you know, got uh, finished up, and we got to spend our time out there. Um, you know, the girls got to spend a lot of time out there, and we just had, you know, a good old time. I got to work out and, you know, run hills and uh, run sand and swim. So it was all it was all good, and uh, you know, I, I enjoyed the time. Um, you know, it was unfortunate um, that a lot of people were suffering, you know, through that time. Um, but, yeah, I mean, we were just out at uh, the lake, just hunkered down. Um, Taylor's been soliciting uh, questions via social media from fans, and most of them have to do with mo- – most of them <laughs> have to do with um, how you all as a group uh, have handled the pandemic aspects of – not being on the field and having all your stuff in the spring be virtual to coming in and, and self-enforcing a training camp bubble to now transitioning back to being with your family. So start talking, 98, anywhere in there you want to go. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, obviously uh, there's a lot of difference, a lot of different things going on here. It's not we can't meet in our normal meeting rooms. Um, we have to be spaced out, you know, uh, 
uh, a big amount, six feet, I think it is, um, you know, in every meeting room that we have. And um, just there's just crazy things that are different. We have uh, just the day. Um, there's, a, there's a bunch of things in the morning we have to get done before we can even get in the building. And, um, yeah, I mean, so, like, there's been some of the things that we need to adjust to. But, um, you know, obviously – uh, you know, guys in this locker room are, you know, we're familiar with adversity. So um, it's just a, it's just a time of adversity and we're just, you know, trying to fight through it and, <clears throat> you know, bring out the best team that we can bring and, uh, you know, give, um, you know, the fans uh, everything they want to see and and uh, bring something beautiful back to, back to Dallas this Be- year. Before the um, training camp ended, um, was there any uh, group collective discussion about, okay, fellas, this is what we have to do when we get back out in uh, what there is of the world to make sure that we that we all stay healthy and on the field, or was it just kind of understood? I think I think for the most part it was understood, but you know, obviously um, the coaches and uh, personnel and you know uh, training staff and doctors um, gave us constant reminders of just, you know, how, how careful we should be, um, you know, how cleansy uh, we should be with our hands. You know, we should always wash our hands, don't touch our face. And just, I guess, kind of the warnings of, you know, how to stay safe during this time. And um, just trying they try to help us through that process, um, you know, obviously staying in hotels and, um, and then getting back out to our families. You know, obviously none of us want to pass that on to our families. So, you know, um, just telling young guys that, you know, uh, don't have families yet to, you know, kind of be responsible and not, you know, hit the club at this time or anything crazy like that because, um, you know, it could, it could be brought back to us and, you know, then transferred to our family. So we're just trying to be safe, as safe as we can um, yeah, during this crazy time. Well, you're healthy now and you're excited. I've seen on your social you keep posting year nine and how excited you are. Now, if, if it had been a normal offseason, do you think you would have been – healthier in the off season or would you have missed all of that practice what was your like schedule in your mind to get back um shoot my schedule was uh to be back when i started feeling good so um i probably would have been back a little bit sooner just because i would have had access to Britt brown and you know the training staff here um you know along with you know other uh things that i do in dallas to you know needling and uh, massage and stuff like that to um you know quicken the process up the healing process up but um you know it's been it, it was great out there i did everything i could with what i had and um you know it worked out uh definitely worked out uh, where uh, you know I, I feel great now i felt great coming back and um they just need to i was on a pup for a little bit to just you know see um that I, that i was good when i did when i did get on the field and started changing directions really like a like football players uh, need to. Um, so, I mean, yeah, I mean, everything was good. And, uh, you know, I pretty much just for my massage, I rolled out and sat in nice bass and swam a lot. So it was all good. With uh, the Cowboys' Tyrone Crawford on our first Miller Lite Cowboys hour of the season. So uh, the other th- the other question that uh, the public wants to know, and frankly I think the rest of us do too, is for, especially for someone who has been on this team for a number of years, a different coaching staff is like a complete culture change. Mm-hmm. What's it been like? Um, you know, honestly, it's been great. Uh, you know, the coaches uh, came in here, and uh, we both kind of, you know, we're on the same, same, uh, I guess, um, page and 
trying to earn each other's respect and uh, just, you know, earn each other's trust. Um, and, you know, that's just kind of what we did. As players, we knew we needed we need to earn the coaches' trust, and the coaches, you know, um, humbled themselves to, you know, um, you know, get us to, you know, earn their trust and, uh, you know, um, respect. So um, it was it was definitely, um, you know, a, a good thing uh, to have for, for us at that time um, because, you know, a lot of people were coming off of, you know, frustrations of, you know, even being in the building if it was, if it was, you know, the right thing for them to be doing for their family. And our coaches, I think they handled all that well. They handled all this adversity stuff well. And, um, you know, they've been, they've been taking good care of us, um, but also getting, you know, the most work we've, um, I guess the most good work that, uh, you know, we've gotten in a long time. So it's been, it's been good. So Rod Marinelli is one of the legendary defensive line coaches in the league. Absolutely. And, uh, and so's Jim Tom Sula. And it strikes me that they couldn't be outwardly much more different. Uh, from each other, uh, yeah. and and normally people would have seen Jim interviewed a lot and heard from him a lot, uh, but we we can't get anywhere near him. So um, I've only really had one conversation with him back in January when they were all hired, but I know a little bit about him. Tell people about Jim Tom Sula. Yeah, I mean, um, uh, Coach Tom Sula is uh, he's a you know he's a he's a guy's guy. You know, he's he's in there and he. He, he coaches us, um, you know, exactly how he loves, you know, the game to be played. But he doesn't, you know, like with me, I'm, I've always been a guy that's been in a right-handed stance. And, you know, he, he looked at me and he, and he asked me why I was always in the right-handed stance. And then he said, you know, I'm not gonna, about to change you in, you know, year nine. Like, that's not going to happen. You know, he just kind of, he understands, you know, players and, um, you know, um, you know, he, He's just a you know a truthful upfront real guy um, that you know obviously he, he loves this game and just uh, wants to see his guys do good and um, you know I'm I'm excited to you know play for him and play for this coaching staff and I think it's gonna be a lot of fun and yeah we're gonna get after it. I haven't met Tom Sula either, but I feel like every time I see him he's sweating. Like I just feel <laughs> like he's constantly going. He's just um, always energetic. I know he's been mic'd up before, saying some funny things. Like, is he like that in the meeting rooms as well? Just so much energy. Yeah, um, yeah, definitely a lot of energy. He, uh, he's. Um, I don't think there's a person that he's met here that doesn't like him. So you know, he's a he's a he's a very likable guy. Um, you know, even from you know staff. You know, at dinner. Um, or, or at lunch in the lunch room, the the um, uh, the janitors around here, you know, everybody everybody loves him. He he hangs out in the equipment room, and you know that's even where he hangs out, uh, you know, for games. So, you know, he's just he's just uh, a guy's guy, and you know he's he could be around anybody. Um, you know, he seems like uh, the life of the party, you know, outside of football. So. Um, yeah, he's definitely definitely a cool uh, cool dude. All right, I want to talk a little bit about um, your role. I, I remember having a conversation with you your rookie year uh, in minicamp, and and basically I said, okay, Cowboy fans haven't followed a lot of Boise games. <laughs> you know, who what's who's Tyrone Crawford? on the football field, what's your scouting report? And I, I'll never forget you telling me, now we're talking about eight years ago, and you told me, you know, I'm, I'm going to get up the field and be aggressive and get in the backfield. That's what I do. Mm-hmm. And, and your role has had to change from year to year based on the personnel around you. You have always been able to adapt regardless what it was. 
And I remember two or three years ago saying to you, so are, are you an end or a tackle? And you said, I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a third down rusher. Don't worry about the first two downs. I'll be out there. Third down, I'm, I'm rushing. Yeah. Okay, well, now Gerald McCoy going down uh, seems to me, to plus signing every available great defensive end they could get their hands on, uh, that, hasn't that changed your role? Aren't you pretty much an inside guy now for this team right this season? Yeah, yeah. So I'm um – I'm inside no matter if it, I mean I can I can be nose sometimes or I can be uh the under tackle sometimes um but uh again nothing's changed for me on third downs um <laughs> you know, I'm getting up that field um obviously you know with the with the system <clears throat> change uh there's a little bit of change in first and second down and all in in you know different situations but um you know we're all adjusting very well um and you know I think it again uh it can turn into be some good fun for us. Uh, take a deep breath. We're going to take our first break. Delighted to have the Cowboys' Tyrone Crawford with us on the first Miller Lite Cowboys Hour of the season, brought to you in part by Albertsons. When it comes time to shop for tailgate favorites, go to Albertsons and Tom Thumb. Get 10% off your groceries every Dallas Cowboys game day when you wear your Cowboys jersey. Albertsons and Tom Thumb, the official supermarket and pharmacy of the Dallas Cowboys, and by Lucchese, the official bootmaker of the Dallas Cowboys cheerleaders. We'll be right back <laughs> on the Cowboys Hour.
to the Miller Lite Cowboys Hour, supported by Albertsons and Omni Hotels and Resorts. Happy Labor Day, everybody. It's the first Cowboys Hour of the season. Brad Sham and Taylor Stern, and delighted to have as our guest Tyrone Crawford, Cowboys defensive tackle. I'm just going to call you defensive tackle now, but if something happens and you pop out, uh, and we won't be surprised. But I, I mentioned at the beginning uh, what a warrior you've been, and and here here's why I think that. I, I think a lot of people who've been fans of the team for a long time recall the Achilles injury that you had in your second year. In, in 2013. And last year, by the way, you taught me that hips have labrums. I thought labrums were only in shoulders. And you had both of your hip labrums done, is that correct? Yep. Yep, 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 yep. I like mean, I had my so shoes shine. Yep. Okay. So, uh, but you first played four games before you went and did it. What kind of pain were you in the first four games of last year? Yeah, I mean, it was different. Um, you know, I've, I've always felt, you know, something like in my squat, uh, you know, for, for a while before, you know, obviously last season. Um, and, you know, it would just get worse and worse and worse. And, you know, last year I just couldn't do anything to mask the pain. I, I've done it, I, you know, I've done that for a while and I couldn't do anything to mask the pain. And um, so, you know, I talked with our training staff and, you know, try to get out there and play some football. But, um you know, as I was going, it's just I just couldn't get it done. I couldn't get it done at the level that I thought our our team needed, and so I, you know, I decided that um, I got I got to go and take care of the the problem, which was my hips, and so that's what we did. But uh, yeah, I was in some I was in some good pain. Um, you know, what exactly do, do they do to fix that? Well, it's just like a shoulder labrum. They just put. Uh, well, I mean, there was a there's a. For me not to continue to get it, they had to shave down uh, some bone that was pretty much tearing the labrum. There was like a piece of bone that was like on my, and it would tear the labrum. So it would just slightly, you know, tear away at your labrum, and they just pretty much had to reattach your labrum. So th- this is the thing that jumped off the, and I've got your year by year stat sheet right here in front of me, because you you have played hurt every year. You one or two years you played with rotator cuff and you played with a, a torn rotator cuff I, I had a torn rotator cuff a few years ago I, I couldn't get out of bed and now I know I'm a little older than you but still what really surprised me was that there are only two seasons in your previous eight-year career that you've missed any time you've played at least 14 games every year except for the two years you were on Injured reserve. Did you play hurt like that in college also, or did you just learn to do this, or the Canadians just that much tougher, or what? What's the deal? Facts. No, honestly, uh, the only time I I was hurt ever in college is I um, separated my uh, AC joint, I think it is up here, and um, it was painful. But they, you know, they put that pad over top of it and. You know, I played the next game, but I, I never had an injury in college, junior college, uh, none of that. Um, nothing serious in high school that took me out for a game. And, you know, obviously my first injury, real injury, was my Achilles. And that was just insane to me because, you know, I've, since then I, or up to that point, I never had a serious injury. So kind of kind of blew my mind, um, you know, with the league and with this football uh, could do to your body. 
I got a question. Are the Hot Boys coming back for year three? Is that still yeah, going all on? Over the place. The Hot Boys are are forever. Yeah, yeah, they're forever. And that just it's gonna still stay D line. Are you initiating some new guys this year? Well, I mean, <laughs> you know, I I really don't know how uh, the initiation process will work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, now you got to be six feet apart. Yeah, but no, I mean, um, you know, it's just it's just a group of a group of brothers that we just you know uh, we have a title you know across the top of it. But I mean, it's just guys that you know we. We grew to love as brothers, and uh, you know we'll for, we're for we'll forever and always be that. And um, yeah, I mean, you know, who knows if there's gonna be more brothers? Well, now you guys are giving back. Is it Hot Boys and Gen Youth? Is it that yeah, who you've Gen teamed youth. up with? Yeah, yeah, Gen Youth. Um, and I mean, there's multiple. Uh, there, there's a, there's people that we, we've teamed up with, you know, in different areas to try and help. But um, yeah, Gen Youth is one of the bigger ones. Yeah. All right, I want to talk about some of those new hot boys in a minute, but I think this is a good transition point for talking about some of the other things that have distracted uh, people um, for the last several months. Now, you have you have never really been shy about sharing your feelings about social injustice, mm-hmm. and um, and it's as you know, I think that your public stances, your courage, and Willing to being willing to use your platform are really admirable. A lot of people are, have not been willing to do that. The all of the um, racial unrest and and forcing our society to deal with things that it has not dealt with in literally hundreds of years seems to me to be magnified for professional athletes mm-hmm. and and particularly in the NFL. Um, how have you individually and as a group, uh, how how have you dealt with that? How have you found the the right place to put that? Because you can't escape it. It's it's part of, especially those of you who are black. It's it's literally part of your everyday life. How do you how do you know where to put that and when to put it here and now play football and then be able to pick that back up and and make the two merge together. <clears throat> yeah, well, um, you know, this is something I always go to my mom with, you know, um, my mom's one of the strongest black women, you know, I know, and, um, you know, for my whole life, she's never made excuses, and she's never played, you know, the victim, and that's what she's always kind of taught me is, you know, and, and, and along with other people in my life, um, they just, even if you are the victim, don't play the victim, and, um, you know, it's it's been hard for me, um, even, you know, I know this is uh, a serious time in this country, and um, you know, when we're, when we're talking with, uh, you know, my teammates and, you know, amongst the locker room, um, it's hard for me when, you know, guys get, uh, to the, you know, I, I gotta be really careful with what I say because yes. some people could, uh, you know, th- there's always someone against you or always someone trying to, you know, flip your words. And, you know, that's where I think is, is sad where it's come to, you know, there's always gotta be a combative, um, you know, part of this, but, you know, I, uh, it's kind of turned into a race thing. And obviously, as you guys know, I have white family and I have black family. I have a white dad and a black mom. Um, I have white people that I love dearly. I have black people that I love dearly. Um, you know, my, my grandma is white and I love her to death. Um, you know, and obviously, you know, my mom is black. I love her to death. So, you know, there's, uh, there's a, there's a point at where I get to witness, um, 
I witnessed both sides growing up my whole life, you know, so I know what both sides are. No one can hide, you know, how both sides are. And, um, you know, obviously there's a, there's a, there's a thing going on now with, with police brutality that is opening up the eyes of, um, you know, the world, um, on, uh, I guess, uh, you know, black men, which is, um, completely wrong. And it's wrong how, you know, it's happening in the, um, in the country. Um, but I don't think that when I look at it and I see, you know, some, some people, uh, and some of their stances, sometimes I don't think it's making an impact more than I think it's making or causing division. And I don't want to cause division because, you know, I love both sides of, or both races. And obviously I don't want to see, I don't want to continue to see black people hating white people, white people hating black people or any people hating anybody. I just want to see, you know, some kind of togetherness and, you know, that's hard to get. Um, and it's, and it's not something you just do, uh, you know, out of, out of nowhere. Um, to me, I think it's something that's well thought out. I'm not saying, I, I know that actually Kaepernick's was well thought out. Um, you know, he, he did a lot of, um, conversing with, you know, people that he thought he may offend, um, before he did it. And I think, um, you know, what he did it for is what people should be talking about, not, you know, um, where, what he, or, or what he's disres- what they think he's disrespecting. I right. think they should be talking about what he did it for. And, you know, there's a lot of conversations you can go into the, to with this, but, you know, obviously if, I, if, if you want, if you're saying something to make a change, you know, you want to actually make that change. You don't want to just say something and have somebody be like, oh, that's great. Tom said something. And then, sw- and so then you're, you're checked off for the, oh, I did something part. Yeah. Yep. You know, I'm not, I'm not trying to be that guy. You've got 71 players, including practice squad, who are going to be in the locker room all year long. Uh, plus coaches, but, but the players are the ones that I want to focus on just for the minute. The most important thing for you guys, it strikes me, is that however you decide to react, um, you find a way to stay together. And because you won't all agree, there's no way that 70 people are going to agree on anything. You can't you can't agree on how to cook the steak. So, um, are you confident that um, based on the conversations that you've been part of in the locker room so far, that you're going to be you're going to stay together as a group as this conversation evolves, which it surely will. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I know we will because, you know, we, we sit there together and we we kind of express to each other, we, you know, we wish the world was a big locker room, you know, um, because, you know, it's just like, you know, I talked to some military guys, too. And, you know, um, you know, a lot of people say it, but when you're in this type of environment, you you literally don't see color. And I mean, you know, there may be there may be guys that, you know, know yeah, this is how I grew up or, you know, this, on the other side, this is how I grew up. But at the end of the day, we're in here together, you know, as brothers. And that's literally how we see each other as brothers. And, you know, I think there's there's no place like it. Um, and we, we always say, you know, like we wish the world could be like a locker room because we can have hard conversations and still come together and, you know, um, be about attacking something else. And, you know, that's obviously the other team. But, um, yeah, I mean, we're I mean, I can't say much more than that, but we 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 really trust in like this locker room and i and i feel that way you know amongst foot like football teams or any club team type of thing where there's you know mixed races in there it's, it's this many people um 
and, and we all get along. Uh, there's something to be said about that. Yep, there sure is. It's a great example. All right, we're going to take our next break, uh, and we're going to go back to talking about football. Uh, when we come back, I want, I'm going to ask you to talk about some of the people around you, some of the uh, some of the new people in your defensive line room, and some who have been there before but may have some different roles. This is the Miller Lite Cowboys Hour, and our special guest is the Cowboys' Tyrone Crawford. Yes, and thank you, Papa John's. Order Papa John's Cowboys Family Special a large specialty pizza, and a large two-topping pizza for just $24 at papajohns.com. Official pizza of the Dallas Cowboys. Limited time offer, prices, participation, delivery area, and charges may vary. And this summer, do more than just stay apart. Stay a part of the game and stay a part of the Cowboys. Kick off football season at Omni Frisco Hotel, the official hotel of the Dallas Cowboys, and enjoy all the dining and entertainment options the star has to offer. We'll be right back.
get to week one of football season? I actually did, but that's a great question. Um, and that, and so I have two, two for you, and that'll be the first one, Tyrone. Did you think? Did, was there a doubt in your mind at somewhere along the line of whether the whether the season would start or start on time? Yes, um, there were so many doubts in my mind. I mean, I I didn't know what was going on. I didn't know what the virus was. I didn't know what it did. Um, you know, I still don't. <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, I, I was I was just hoping, you know, at, at some point, you know, because when Jerry talks. It's pretty much, you know, for the NFL is what, what, how I relate it. But, um, you know, I was, I was waiting for him, you know, to kind of say something about how the season was going to go or what was going to go down. And, uh, you know, we finally got that call, to, you know, saying that we were going to be in. And, um, you know, after we did our virtual uh, OTAs, and uh, I, was, I was excited about it. It was good. All right, so here's my next question. I, I, I was um, texting with Zach Martin right after Travis Frederick retired, and um, – at some point, I said to him, how do you feel about the prospect of playing games with nobody in the stands? He said, well, that would be weird. And guess what? <laughs> that's, uh, at least for week one on yeah. the road, that's what's going to happen. How do you think that'll be? Just like Zach, you know, I think it's going to be extremely weird. But, yeah, I mean, I think it's going to be weird. I can't, I can't say no buts to that because, I mean, there's, you're going to notice – you notice – that stuff. I mean, some of the, some of the adrenaline rushes and you know all that comes from you know fans and uh, we're definitely going to miss them. Um, and the Cowboys fans travel well too, so uh, yeah, it's going to be it's going to be something. So what do you do? This is a question that it'd be much more fair to ask you next week. But um, when there's nobody in the stands, what do you do to generate the energy? I think we just got to you know. No, yeah. Like me, I always put myself going into battle. You know, I mean, we're going into battle against you know another army, <laughs> and I know it sounds uh, very Marinelli-ish, but <laughs> <I know. laughs> uh, war and peace. Yeah, I mean, it's not what, what the what song is. stands for, Tyler. <laughs> to Marinelli, it does. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's pretty much what it is for me. You know, uh, you know, battle. Uh, you know, there's not there's not fans when you go to battle, so I mean that's probably going to be uh even more uh, exhilarating for me all right there's here's something i know people want to hear about uh there are some very interesting new names who have joined your room um everson griffin i'm mm-hmm. I'm, I'm pretty fired up about that i've been a big everson griffin <laughs> fan for a long time uh, alden smith mm-hmm. uh in a few weeks now we know randy gregory is coming back um taylor during the break was asking you about Neville Gallimore, the rookie from Oklahoma, and uh, Bradley and I, uh, a rookie defensive end. What what are we talking about here? What are we looking at with these people? What are they going to bring? And especially Alden and Everson Griffin. Yeah, I mean, you know, alphas, you know, alpha wolves. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we got a bunch of alpha wolves. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so who owns the room? Dila. Yeah right. Uh, you know I, I'm I'm never gonna not say me. So okay, um, <laughs> alpha wolf meet alpha wolf. Yeah, I mean if if you if if I had to pick the top alpha dog, you know I'm a, I'm gonna pick you know Tyrone as the top alpha dog. Okay, that's what I but like. Demarcus would pick Demarcus. Alden would pick Alden. Everson would pick Everson, and Twak would pick Twak. You know, so uh, yeah. Poe would pick Poe. I mean, we're just we're just all kind of 
you know, um, aggressive, you know, hungry guys. And that's what you need in the D-line room, all alphas. I mean, if you can just imagine a pack of alphas running around, it uh, could get ugly, but it could get uh, real fun at the same time. So um, I, I, I want it to be fun. Well, yes, everybody does. And I'm trying not to get too excited because I re- – and I want to say this was five years ago that that they signed Greg Hardy – and was that maybe Randy's rookie year? And was it, I think the four of you lined up together and in team drills in Oxnard. And I said, "Oh, oh, this could be interesting." I don't know if we've seen anything. And of course, the chemistry wasn't right, and it didn't work out. Um, so I'm trying to tap the brakes a little bit. But should people get really excited about what this defensive front might do? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Um... You know, we got to. We've been working together, you know, um, for some time now. Uh, obviously, these these last couple of weeks, and uh, I mean, it's just it, it's been more fun than any type of stress that I've had. You know, in football, we've had a lot of fun. Uh, you know, just you know, just even talking over you know rushes and talking over you know different stunts that we may um, you know try and get in the game and. Um, it's gonna it's it's gonna be a lot of fun when you got you know speed and power and just everything in between um, and you got it all you know to mess around with play with uh, yeah it's something it's something for everybody to be pretty excited for well as always I'm excited. The, the Cowboys are opening up the season prime time always Sunday night football and you guys are playing the Rams which I kind of consider them a rival but I'm curious if you consider them a rival because. I'm thinking 2018 playoffs, kind of what we've seen. Do you consider them a rival, or is it just strictly who's in the NFC East, Packers, who plays in there? Yeah, I mean, I don't like them. Um, <laughs> just point blank, we don't yeah. like them. No, I don't like them. I don't like them. Uh, I mean, I – yeah, I mean, but there's – again, you know, like I just I, – I ride with my guys, and that's it. So, yeah, I mean – I can't really say what teams are, are rivals, but yeah, that, that's one team that you know. Obviously, we we lost them in the playoffs, and you know that doesn't just roll off our shoulders. Even with a, a dub last year, it doesn't just roll off our shoulders. And playoffs is a way bigger game, so um, yeah, you know, I don't know, call it what you want, but uh, I don't think many guys are very fond of them. Um, have you been in a situation preparing for a game before where you had nothing to go on except prior years? There's no preseason games. They've changed coordinators. They've they've got a lot of changes too, like you do. Do you feel as prepared for an opener in terms of getting ready for the opponent as you have in the past? Yeah, I mean, I feel perfectly prepared, you know, for an opener. You know, sometimes, you know, there's been times in, in our years where, you know, I felt like maybe we got a little bit overly prepared for an opener. And, you know, I feel I feel like I got a great spot right now. I feel like we prepared for, you know, um, the the things that they do that they, they try and shock people with. You know, I, I, I feel like we prepared for everything we need to prepare for. And, uh you know, it's uh, it's an exciting feeling to to go into this to this game. What does being overly prepared mean? What does that feel like? Just reading too much into you know what what they do, um, you know some of their schemes, and uh, you know, I guess you know, uh, I guess if we're looking at this team, you know, I guess you can't really get overly prepared for getting getting ready on the ball, but you know, some some if you're going up against a fast quarterback, you know. 
for him escaping the pocket. You know, sometimes you can get overly prepared and shake yourself into not really rushing the way you want to rush. Um, that's just, I guess, an example from the D-line standpoint. But, you know, uh, that's that's the best I can give you for what um, I was trying to explain. Taylor mentioned the playoff game, and I fr- frankly had forgotten everything about the game that you just mentioned, the W last year, which really started them on their descent that caused them to miss the playoffs. I mean, the Cowboys, do you remember anything about that game, Taylor? <laughs> I mean, I don't know what day it was, but I definitely remember it. I just remember that it was... All leading up to that week was that the Rams were the new rivals or they were the new Packers because the Packers had kind of taken on that role. Yeah, I I, I remembered that you played. I had to look it up and mm-hmm. say it was 44 to 21, really? What day was this? It was de- in December, and they had a pretty good record, and they went on a little bit of a skid and missed the playoffs, and that was what really got them started going down. When I think of that playoff game two years ago, and maybe, Tyrone, this is part of your fuel and why you don't like them. When I think of the playoff game two years ago, the overriding thing I think about is how well you had played as a group defensively and how they ran the ball against you that afternoon in the Coliseum. Is that part of why you don't like them? Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Easy to answer. Up, like, <laughs> to bring up all those memories again, yes. Well, I'm trying this to get you right up. I'm trying to, get you, trying, exactly to, trying to help get you ready for the game. <laughs> you can call Thank Brad you. before the game, yeah. and he can get you really hyped up before battle. Oh, He'll yeah. just start telling you the play calls of what happened. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, but but it's a whole, but they're, look, this team's different, and uh, and their team is different, so this is, uh, this is going to be really interesting. Okay, uh, more questions for Tyrone Crawford coming up. Uh, I'm Brad Sham with Taylor Stern. This is the Miller Lite Cowboys Hour. Yes, and thanks to Albertsons. When it comes time to shop for tailgate favorites, go to Albertsons and Tom Thumb. Get 10% off your groceries every Dallas Cowboys game day when you wear your Cowboys jersey. Albertsons and Tom Thumb, the official supermarket and pharmacy of the Dallas Cowboys. Delighted to have you with us along the Dallas Cowboys radio network or streaming on DallasCowboys.com, and we'll be right back with Tyrone Crawford.
Miller Lite Cowboys Out, supported by Albertsons and Omni Hotels and Resorts. Tyrone Crawford is our guest to start the season. The Cowboys begin the schedule Sunday night in Los Angeles. We're actually talking about social media during the break. His favorite. Uh, not not my favorite, although I'm a little more active on it than I should be sometimes. But um, you want to you want to ask him a question? Go ahead. Yeah, is social media now? You know, it's weird to think because you're only 30, but people consider you the old guy on the team. Not I don't personally, but I'm sure you know <laughs> others consider you a vet on the she, team. She thinks you're so old. No, <laughs> it's like right. But if you could give some advice to your younger self. And the different things that you went through, what would you give yourself? Oh, um, shoot, man! I'd give myself so much advice. I'd probably tell myself to invest in Amazon. <laughs> very smart. Very yeah. smart. Uh, no, but um, being for real, uh, I want to say things that 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 are probably I probably shouldn't say so I'm not going to say them cuz Joe's sitting right over here but <laughs> uh, I'm just going to I'm just going to leave that uh, Joe by the way is Joe Trahan from the Cowboys Public Relations Department. Yeah. yeah, you can ignore him. Just go ahead and say what's on your heart. There's Tyron. There's Tyron. Oh, is Tyron uh, there too? Yeah. Hey, you're number an 77. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, everybody walking by seems like they can stick their head in the camera. Sure. But uh no, um I would tell myself so much. I mean, obviously the social media stuff. Yeah, I mean, you know, a lot of that uh, has gotten guys in trouble, and um, it's e- you can easily get in trouble on social media. I mean, I probably wouldn't even had start started any of them um, if I could tell myself anything. Um, but you know, um, a bunch of stuff. I-, I can't really think of anything right now. You know, uh, that's not. I mean, I-, I wouldn't make the mistakes I've made. Um, well, we were talking a little <laughs> bit earlier before the show about since now that you have daughters and the hashtag girl dad has become famous, mm-hmm. unfortunately, since Kobe's death. But I feel like you're a very, very proud girl dad. Mm-hmm. And I know you and I have talked about it personally, how that's just changed your perspective on things. Has that also carried into the locker room that your perspective has changed? Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think so. Um, you know, obviously, uh you got a lot of young guys in the locker room and you know a lot of young music lyrics as you guys know uh, <laughs> yeah cuz Taylor's Taylor is just busting to talk about this song no i'm not you uh, are bringing it you up you brought we'll it up leave, we'll leave cardi b out of this thank one. you thank <laughs> you everybody, that knows, everybody knows what we're talking about but uh yeah i mean it's there's there's a lot uh you know uh, with being a girl dad, that's changed my perspective. But you know, I love them little girls. Uh, you know, I'll protect them by any means. I, and you know, everybody knows I'm a family man. Um, yeah, there's there's just a lot of things that you know you do when you're young, and you say that when you're young that um, you find very uh, disrespectful when you when you have daughters. Um, and yeah, I, I mean. Should have known that all along, but having daughters definitely like really opens your eyes. To yeah, it. and you've always been so kind and courteous to everyone that we work with. So that's a legacy of yours as well. well but I, I do it. have another question because you know we were talking a little bit earlier, and you were saying how guys are handling this global pandemic and the unprecedented times, as everybody has said. Do you guys talk a lot about mental health 
Does that ever come up in the locker room? And I'm just curious about that because I know you've always been such a proponent and you've always been so vocal about how you feel mentally and physical. So has that come up of how guys are handling this anxiety of 2020? Absolutely. Um, You know, I mean, there's a a lot of things that, you know, obviously football players, um, it's in the back of their heads, you know, no matter if – you, you you say it's not or not it's in the back of your head and you know obviously um you know with with the documentaries that have came out with movies that have came out um the cte thing has been a huge um you know a huge subject um and a huge something that's been thrown around um you know in conversations um but when it comes to you know like the mental health that's that's always in the back of in, in the back of guys heads so you know we're, we're we're always talking about it and you know trying to let each other know that you know there's always someone to talk to now and in the future we're always going to be there for each other to kind of talk to you know because um you know after when you put the game down you know some of those issues may arise in in areas that you've never seen them before and um you know we also try and you know keep our our families in that same loop you know if they notice anything you know different about us that they always have you know 53 other guys that they can or, or, you know, if you've played in the league longer than that. But, you know, you have 53 other guys that you can, um, you know, call them and uh, just have them reach out to their brother. And, I mean, that, that, that'll go great lengths for, you know, us. So we, we just we, – we have those conversations, um, pretty serious conversations, hard conversations, but we have them. And, yeah. Yeah, that's a great question. That's a great topic. Well, I, I just wonder that only because I know everybody has experienced the different anxieties that stem from what's going on in this world. And I think it, as you've mentioned, the social injustice and so much is uncertain. And I think that really weighs on some of these guys more than we allow them to some sometimes. Yeah, absolutely. Um, okay, uh, we got a few minutes left, so we'll just scatter shoot. It'll be all over the place. Yeah, no worries. Um, <laughs> New new head coach. So every head coach has his idiosyncrasies, uh, his own mannerisms. Um, when you're when you're in a place for a very long time, sometimes they've heard all your jokes and all your stories. Probably happened to Mike in Green Bay. Certainly happened to Jason here. I think. Um, what I think people would like to know. I'm not asking you good or bad. Compare and contrast. Just from a personality standpoint, from a daily schedule standpoint, from a practice schedule, so how, what's new and different about Mike McCarthy? Well, first, I mean, I do appreciate you not asking, you know, in both situations to compare, but um, I mean, there's 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 a lot new with uh, Coach McCarthy. He's, you know, he's a uh, he likes to look at the numbers and, you know, obviously we have numbers on our shoulder. Or, I mean, we have um, readers on our shoulder to show him, um, you know, how much we like, how fast we go in a practice, you know, how much we've gone in the practice and it gives you all these, uh, all this data um, behind and all this science behind, you know, um, I guess how our, how our bodies can recover. And um, so he just, he's, he's really big into that and he, you know, he uses those things and uses them well. Um, he, if we need time off, he gives us that time off. Um, if it, if it all you know comes with the numbers, he, he gives us that time off. If we need to go harder, he tells us we need to go harder. If we don't get it right, then he'll make us get it right. Um, 
And yeah, I mean, when it comes to, you know, team meetings and just the person he is, you know, he's a, he's a Pittsburgh cat. So, uh, he's, uh, he's got, he's got humor, um, you know, and he's just, you know, he's, he's straightforward. He's a head coach. You know, he's, uh, he, he tells us, you know, what he wants and, you know, how, how he wants to, how he wants us to move and practice and what he wants to get done, um, you know, within a day. And, uh, you know, it's all good and well, and, you know, and then, um, yeah, I mean, he takes good care of us and, but also gets us, you know, the work we need, and you know, we feel uh, greatly prepared. But you got to learn his humor, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's because he's he's kind of subtle. He's not, you know, he's a little dry. Yeah, yeah. Un- un- until you know him. Yeah. Uh, here's another thing, though, that strikes me. Now, people, this is just a thing that doesn't affect really anybody but you guys. A lot of teams uh, have a a very brisk walkthrough on a Friday, and. Um, very little on Saturday. There's walkthroughs and meetings, but but he doesn't like that. He likes it a different way. He likes to what he calls ramp up, right? So what what's that going to be like? Which and you haven't yeah. been through it yet, but what do you what do you think it's going to be like? I think it's going to be great. I think it's going to be great for our bodies. Um, you know, and you know he has um, theories behind all that as well. Uh, he has theories behind uh, you know why he does that and. Um, you know, I I can't wait to you know just see how how uh, I can recover. You know, within a week. Um, obviously before, you know, I was I was feeling pain Saturday night. I was I was pretty <laughs> beat down Saturday night, and again we had to turn around um, and play Sunday. And then that's not even talking about the the Thursday game. So I'm I'm excited to see how this goes. And um, you know, I feel like um, everything he's telling us, I feel like it's going to be it's going to be good for our bodies and good for our recovery turnaround. And um, yeah, I'm excited. Okay, last question. Uh, show that you binge-watched during oh, good one. the pandemic. Oh, man. Um, one that we just were almost finished uh, is uh, Yellowstone. Yes, but, I knew yeah. he was going to say that. You did not. I sort of did inside. <laughs> you did not. You're I sort of guessed it because lying. we're we're so in sync. He's my dad on the team. It's just I knew he'd watch Yellowstone. He's What'd like you... the, you're the same age practically. Uh, but have you seen like where we stand next to each other? It's like I look like yeah. an infant baby. I think me, her, and Cassie got a picture with her in between, and it's yeah, it's like it's... mom and dad. <laughs> um, I, I am so uh, tickled to see you uh, healthy and motivated and. Uh, I hope that the year is everything that you want it to be individually and uh, and team wise, and um, and I know you would say team wise, and I am saying individually in part because if the year is what you want it to be, then you might want to keep on playing some more, mm-hmm. and uh, and I like watching you play. So thanks for uh, thanks for doing this. Thanks for uh, the price that you pay, and we appreciate you being the first guest. All right, man. Much love, guys. You too. Uh, Thanks. All right. Good luck in Los Angeles Sunday night. Uh, next week, stay tuned. Not sure which night we'll be on, but we'll be here with Taylor Stern. I'm Brad Sham. This is the Cowboys Hour. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!